This athletic strength and power podcast with the University of Cincinnati football performance staff is sponsored by TRX Suspension Training, the finest suspension training equipment available for athletic. Check out Tim Bork. You can access all his information on the Athletic Strength and Power website. And from there, you can give him a call or an email, and he'll get you right with your suspension training program. TRX Suspension Training. This podcast is also sponsored by the Bill Jacobs Power Company. He's waiting on your call. He likes to talk. He likes to talk to coaches. He's a former coach himself. Give him a call. Coach Jake's waiting for you. He'll help you get your facility right from the ground up. Check out his website at coachbilljacobs.com. And here I am back in Bearcat country with the with the Bearcats assistant strength and conditioning coordinator here. They're coming off a huge win last week against Pitt. And I'm with Coach Chris Friend. Chris, welcome to the program. And if you could uh, give us a background on uh, where you came from, how you ended up right here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. It's a pleasure. You know, you know, many of us here sitting here, ASAP is, is, is where, we, where we get a lot of our material, especially growing up as a, as a young strength coach. But uh, just kind of my journey. I and mean, how I got here to Bearcat Nation was, you know, starting way back when I was in college. I, I, I loved the weight room. You know, that was a big piece of me playing and what I thought kept me on the field. And some of my success came from that area. And um, at that time, I didn't really understand um, that strength and conditioning was even a profession. And, you know, as, as I grew a little bit older into my sophomore year, my, my brother was actually hired on as the strength and conditioning coach at Eureka College, where I played Division three football. So that, that was like the start of of me even noticing this as a profession. You know, I gained a little more interest. I was, you know, hanging out around spring break of my sophomore year of college, um, wanting to get out and, and, and get some experience. And I um, got online, started applying for internship positions in the strength and conditioning field. You know, submitted about 30, 35 resumes, and I heard back from one person. It was Zach Ackenberger from Mississippi State. So I, I went down and interviewed and was was offered that position down at Mississippi State with Coach Savage and, and Coach Ackenberger. You know, took that position in May and of 2016, loved it, and then hadn't looked back since. I, I went back the following summer, 2017, finished up college in three and a half years. So after I got done playing my last year of football at Eureka College, uh, there was there was an opportunity at Ohio State, and through the through the connection with Coach Savage and, and Coach Ackenberger and uh, Coach Palzetti, who used to work at Mississippi State, who was now at Ohio State, you know, I had that in and that recommendation from the staff I worked with at, at Mississippi State. So took on that opportunity at Ohio State under under a great staff there with, with Coach Palzetti and Coach Mick, obviously, and, and then Coach Matus, who was our internship coordinator. Um, loved my time there. Um, had the mindset of I was there to grow. I was there to learn. I was there to immerse myself in the Buckeye culture and, and, and how Coach Mick, who who is who is one of my one of my greatest mentors in this field and one of the most successful strength conditioning coach how he approached his business and you know I, I act as a sponge for about eight months it was funny my, my time was extended at Ohio State when I when I received an offer to stay on on staff on the Olympic side as a full-time strength and conditioning coach is it it's actually is super funny how, how it happened I was um, training with coach Nico on the floor at Ohio State midday I had the squat bar on my back I was mid-set and I hear coach Mick yell my name from his office I you know I racked the bar I hustled over to his office I sat down on his couch in his office and he just straightforward said hey you want to be a Buckeye full-time I said absolutely he shooed me out of his office I continued my workout and the next day you know I was doing HR paperwork and everything and I was a full-time Buckeye so I had that uh, I had a great experience and, and great mentorship like I said at Ohio State even as an assistant strength coach working on the Olympic side 
And then I was fortunate enough to build that relationship with Coach Nico, who became not only one of my greatest mentors, but a, a good friend of mine. And um, I had always said there's, there are very few people who I would leave my job at Ohio State for to, to go work for and go work with. And I had that conversation with, with a few people. It just so happened to be about two months after I was having those conversations about where I wanted my future to take me. Coach Nico was, was one of those three names that I think um, that I mentioned and so happened to be. I don't know if God heard me or whatever the fate was, but he, uh, uh, he called me one morning and let me know his news of taking this job here at UC and wanted me to join him. And it was the greatest honor so far in my, my career. I was ecstatic for it. And what better place to do it than a school 90 minutes down the road from where I was, a school making a transition into a, a Power 5 Big 12 conference, and a school who had, had been very successful. So I, it checked all my boxes. It was with somebody who I, I really love and I really trust and I know who, what and who, who Coach Nico is and how I would fit in his program. And, um, and it, was, it was a no-brainer for me. So that's, uh, that's kind of my journey of how, uh, how I got to the point I am or where I am now uh, as a Bearcat. This is a program that is two years out from being in the, the national, basically the national semifinals, the final four, uh, taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. And now here you are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, I think we're super fortunate here to have the support of our administration and our university. Um, our fan base is, is, is crazy, and the resources they provide us to help, to help maximize these student-athletes and, uh, and to keep pushing forward. And our athletic success is, is, is instrumental in, in who we are and what we're doing and how we, how we keep it, how we continue to push forward on such a competitive day and age in college athletics. All right, next we have Brandon Garcia. Uh, Brandon, uh, this is your first year here at the University of Cincinnati Bearcat football. You were at, uh, spent some time at UNLV. Give us a little bit about your background and uh, what's going on, how yes. you got here. Yeah, so originally I'm from, I'm from Corona, California. Grew up playing football, loved it. My whole family, all my brothers play sports, sisters play sports, so I'm always active. And just growing up, I, I never, was the, never was the fastest, never was the biggest. Was fortunate enough to have a, a great role model, my older brother, who kind of just guided me through, through training. And uh, that was my edge off the rip was, you know, just finding a way to outwork everybody and, and find my way on the field through um, training my butt off. So the weight room was my only answer to, to whatever potential I had as an athlete. So the, fortunately, that got me a scholarship and played ball at West Virginia State University. I'm an institute, West Virginia. Got to learn from Brian Wilt, who is was an intern at the University of Maryland under Rick Court and, and his staff. So finishing up there, I helped out just interning with him when I was done playing ball. I knew this is what I wanted to do. So he, he kind of asked me if I had a way to get you hooked up with the guys at Maryland. Would you be interested in an internship? And I said, absolutely. So we got to interview with with at turner down there and and ultimately land a spot there and i spent 2018 and through 2019 there i started the year i moved down to, to tennessee but got to learn from uh rick court mason baggett zach higgins uh chris jurek and, and at turner they're all really good dudes who I, who I still keep in contact with um and that internship kind of just changed my life man it was, it was awesome to to grow as a strength coach and as a man and just learn you know all these all these predispositions and biases you have towards training and life you get just washed out the window when you see it real time but they were great mentors to me and, and i developed the most right there 2019 i was in the private sector down in knoxville tennessee i moved down there with my girlfriend who she's now my wife and then 2020 i get the call from mason baggett to you know have my resume ready and and uh, Matt File from Maryland, they're working together still at Maryland there, and Matt File lands up in, in UNLV, and he needs an assistant. So I get my I get the call, and and I'm out there in Vegas from 2020 to 
2022. So I spent three seasons there as Matt Files number two and just learned a bunch by just getting thrown in the fire. You know, kind of just took, took control of, of our sports science action down there in Vegas. And ultimately, that staff gets turnover like everywhere else in the country. And then the whole time, though, throughout this whole process, you know, learning from the guys at Maryland, I always... You know, they always men mentioned people in the circle and, and guys that were good dudes. And, and Nico Palazzetti's name was always around. And Higgins and Baggett, AT, all, everybody would just, you know, always say nothing but great things about them. And we've, we kind of connected from afar and, and we kind of knew of each other. And then when the staff turnover in Vegas happened, Higgins had hit me up and put me in contact with Nico. And, you know, everything just fell right into place perfectly. And fortunately, I was able to be considered for this position. And it's just perfect timing in life, man. And I'm, I'm fortunate to work for such a good dude. And somebody who's going to push me as, as a man and as a strength coach and just be down to earth guy. So he's, he's awesome. Uh, it's been a great time here so far, but blessed to, to be here. And it's been a great journey to, to get where I'm at now. And I'm excited to see uh, what's coming next. But just I've been loving it here in Cincinnati. Everything's been great. I'm, I'm being developed. I'm, I'm around great dudes and the team here is awesome. So uh, great staff, great people, great performance team. It's it's been great. Yeah, you're just having fun and uh, adapting to the new new setting. And uh, one of the things that you've done a lot, I understand here at Cincinnati, is with the uh, the technology catapult. And of course, now you've added the perch. Uh, you're going to tell us about the perch, but uh, the catapult is a, is a big thing with you. Yeah, so it's it's been it's catapult's a great tool. Um, it's, it's another thing to help you make you know educated decisions. And I don't I don't think you should live and die by it, but it's a great resource to have to either, you know, make a better decision or continue on the path that you're on. So, you know, just with a new system, it's the first year of a new program is always tough because you don't have any previous data of the year prior. So this year's just been really big on collecting and, and monitoring guys who are going to get a lot of snaps um, and just kind of start laying the foundation for years coming. And so that way when we're at the same point next year, uh, we can see what a typical schedule would look like. And if we're trending high or we're trending low, uh, we know we can tweak, you know, player load or high speed distance, whatever parameter you're looking at. But just that first year is great for building that foundation. And then for each time of year in training. So summer, you're going to next summer, we'll have what we did this summer. And we'll get to see, you know, what, what the norms are for each position group at that time of summer. And, and once you get a consistent schedule, it's really good to compare week to week and day to day. So that, that's been a great resource that we're able to to use and, and leverage. Um, and then, like you mentioned, the perch. The perch has been awesome, especially in season. We got last week. We get back from pit at what was it, 2 a.m. <laughs> and so the guys have a 10-hour turnaround between sleep, brushing their teeth, getting here, ready for, to lift the next day. You know, your your nervous system's taxed. Your body's sore from the game. You have uh you have your chart that says you got to hit 80% for two. Well, that 80% could be anywhere, <laughs> uh, depending on on how well you slept or how how bad you slept. Your stimulus from the game is still, uh, you're still feeling that fatigue. So you come into the weight room and you're supposed to hit 80%. Your your one rep max can fluctuate between, you know, 15% up or down. So you're looking at a 30% swing. So maybe that 80% is actually your 90 right now based on, you know, CNS fatigue or whatever. So the perch is kind of awesome because you, you get to just eliminate any guesswork and we'll go velocity based. So instead of looking at percentages, we'll go, hey, you have to keep, you have to go five sets of two. Our fatigue cutoff is going to be, you know, anything below 0.5, we're not, we're going to cut it right there. So if you drop below 0.5, which is roughly 80 to 85% of your one rep max, then we're cutting it right there. All of our sets have to be above there and then we want it below 0.75. So that's the range. Like we're working accelerated strength, and the guys are able to, you know, auto-regulate as as their body uh, sees fit. So that's been a great tool. You're not wasting any sets because let's say let's say you have them stay with that chart, and it's a it's a five by two at eighty percent, and you tell them to get it done by any means. Like that's great for mindset and mental training, but not when you got to perform 
14 weeks out of the year. So that 80% is moving at, you know, a velocity of 0.3. It's it's more like a 90% set instead of 80. So it just helps us keep these guys fresh and, and keep them ready to roll every Saturday and kind of meeting them where they're at. Uh, at this point of the year. So it's, it's a great tool. Um, we'll continue to use it throughout the year and kind of program when we need to, to with that velocity base. So it's been great. Just very interesting to see how, you know, I was around 30 years ago, 35 years ago when the training, you know, just to see how it's developed over the years and the evolution of strength training and conditioning. And now with this, with, the, with these scientific things that you guys are adding, you know, with the perch and the catapult. It's really just interesting to and how it all it's all for the players. Absolutely. That's that's our number one priority is, is their their well being, their safety, um and the maximizing their potential and their performance. So whatever tools we can utilize, we're gonna do it and you know, just kinda exhaust our resources and make sure we're pointing to these guys. So it, yeah, it is for all it's all for them. Uh, let's slide over to uh, Robert Robo Williams. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Ed? I appreciate being here. So, yeah, as you said, my name is Robo Williams. I'm originally from Cincinnati. I went to Miami of Ohio, played ball there. Um, after that, I did my fifth year at Ohio Dominican, where I also did my master's degree in exercise science. Following that, I came back to the city and I coached high school football and I worked in physical therapy. So I got my opportunity in this field because I got pretty much tired of high school football. I reached out to a buddy who was currently coaching college about coaching. And he said that they had a strength and conditioning internship open. Now, initially, I was trying to coach football, but the only opportunity that I could find was strength and conditioning at Robert Morris University. So I took it and went up there for a summer and a season. And uh, part of our development there was to reach out to other universities and meet other people. And if we could, get in the building and shake people's hands. So with me coming back home over Christmas break, I shot emails out to all local universities, Cincinnati being one of them, and got in touch with Zach Higgins, who had most recently been working at Miami University of Ohio, where I play ball. And he actually worked for the strength coach that I played for. So with my resume, he knew some names, knew some some locations, and reached out to some people that um, I had played with and that he had coached with, and that's what gave him the idea of offering me an internship here at Cincinnati. Prior to that, I was set to go back to Robert Morris to finish my internship for the spring, but with him offering me an internship here back at home in the city, I took that offer, came here, the rest is history. From there, I went to Toledo as a uh, part-time position. And then I went to Army, Duke, and now I'm here. So yeah, I'm blessed to be here, excited to be here. And similar to Brandon, when I was an intern here, I heard a lot of things about Nico and um, and their playing, him and Higgs playing days at Michigan State. Um, I heard stories about Higgs working with him at Maryland. So when I got the call actually from Higgs about whether or not I'd be interested in Cincinnati, it was a no-brainer because Nico had just accepted the position. So a couple months later, Nico reached out, and here I am. Let's find out about Scott. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate you. It's an honor to be here with you today. Uh, Scotty Ethington. I'm originally from Elyria, Ohio. So not too far, I'm pretty much back home. I got my start at Otterbein University where I played football there. 
studied exercise science. I got in a profession because I knew that there was always something missing culturally and uh, just physically playing Division three and at Elyria. So that always inspired me to kind of figure out what, what the profession is about. After my freshman year, I went to Ohio State to visit a clinic just to network and learn more about the profession. Got to see Coach Palazzetti and Coach Friend uh, at the at Ohio State University. From there, I met met a couple people, uh, networked. I got an opportunity to go to the University of Maryland in 2019 with Ryan Davis and his staff, uh, which was a great opportunity for me to learn and bring some things back to Otterbein University. So it was really a really humbling experience, and I'm thankful for that experience. 2020, COVID happened, so I worked a little bit in the private sector up back in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Did that for a summer, and then I got the opportunity to, to go to Ohio State University with Coach Palazzetti and turn with the Olympic staff. So I uh, did seven, eight months with the Olympic staff, got to work with Coach Friend a little bit, so that was an awesome experience, a little little full circle for me now that I'm here with him. I got the opportunity to move all over with Ohio State football. That was a great experience for me there, learning from that staff. And then as soon as I got done with my internship there, I went to Marshall University with Ben Ashford and, and his staff and Coach Huff at Marshall. From Marshall, I got a call from Coach Palazzetti to come here, and there's nobody like Coach Palazzetti with his passion, integrity, man, and his toughness. So. It's just uh, just to be back under my mentor and under him is just very, very humbling and exciting. And then you made it to Cincinnati, Ohio, the Bearcats. We're talking training today uh, early in the season. The Bearcats are coming off a big win, their first win of the season. You guys spent the whole uh, basically going back to, to January training these Bearcats, getting them on the roll, and now – you guys are 1-0. You had a big, huge victory the other day at, your, at the home stadium, Nippert Stadium, and uh, things are rolling. You finally got the pressure off, and now you can uh, sit back and, and really roll into this in-season training. Let's talk in-season, guys. Let's talk about what's going on right now. Scotty, why don't you uh, kind of give us a little bit about uh, what you're doing during the in-season as far as your role and everything. My in-season roles, I mainly work with most of the, the specialists, so mm -hmm. I train those guys. On uh, Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, they have the option to come in Tuesday or Wednesday. So I work mostly with those guys. And then during practice, I'm running around with O-linemen, uh, just making sure they're hydrated and ready to go performance-wise. And then I'll run over to the injured-modified guys and we'll get those guys ready to, to get ready to back, uh, rock and roll. Getting back on the field. Uh, Chris, what are your roles as far as uh, getting this in-season program rolling? You know, uh, when you look at it, it's a fine line when you're doing in-season training to game preparation and really not having guys overtrained or kind of fatigued from the workouts during the week as Saturday rolls around for the game. Absolutely. I think you said it best there. It's, 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 it's kind of a gray area in-season training. Now, we... We look at it moving throughout the week is we want to be the freshest but the fastest team out there on the field on Saturdays. So the way we approach it is, is to dose just enough to, to maximize our performance and our development, 
but also give the guys opportunities to recover throughout the week so we can be the freshest freshest team on Saturdays. I mean, Coach Palazzetti lays the week out great. Like Coach Scotty said, we, 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 we train on Sundays. That's probably our heaviest weight room day. And then moving forward from that, it's, it's, it's how can we micro-dose uh, enough training load and enough workload to still get our guys strong um, and, and maintain and, and, and uh, you know, progress a little bit throughout the season and our strength, but also make their legs and, and their lungs feel good on Saturdays. I think we have a great support staff here at UC working with our athletic training team, our sports med team, and our nutrition team. We all work together. We call ourselves the performance team. Um, and collaborating one on hydration, on fueling, on, uh, like Coach Scotty said, injured modifications for guys who are have short-term and long-term injuries and working together as a group to, you know, put together the best chance to win on Saturdays. Brandon? My rule right now in season, like these guys already hit on, we, we train heaviest on Sundays, and uh, I'm going to get guys with the bumps and bruises and any, any modifications that need to be made from an injury standpoint to complete training as prescribed. So if a guy's got a shoulder, we'll work around it. On a bench day, we'll do single arm or, or manuals, whatever it is. Find an angle that's that's a little more pain-free. So that's that's my that's my most dominant group of guys is going to be the injured modified guys. And then I'll, I'll work with the D-line. So Coach Scotty mentioned he's running around with the O-line. I'll be with the D-line. I'm there in practice, running around, making sure everyone's hydrated and get whatever they need. And then I'm kind of in front of the sports science part with, with Catapult. I mean, our, our new perch stuff we're working on with the weight room. I'll just download that data, get it rolling, and, and help coach make whatever decisions are necessary for, for the guys to keep them fresh for Saturday. So we're kind of moving into a velocity-based for, for the main mover. So we have our hang cleans, we have our box squats, and we'll kind of let the velocity dictate what load goes on the bar as opposed to January through June. We were percentage-based and making sure guys hit, hit their weights. So now as we got you know, some fatigue built up on the field and on game, you got arousal, you got class, you got all these stressors. Um, you got emotional anxiety, you got, you know, physical stress from the games. So you got all these different factors that are, are draining these guys. So uh, when you tell them to hit 80%, but it's moving like 95%, then we have immediate feedback to make that adjustment and, and make sure we're still progressing throughout the season um, and keeping guys ready to ready to go on Saturday. So uh, that's kind of where my head's at during end season. And like these guys already hit on, where you just collaborate and continue to make sure these guys are, are getting what they need to recover for Saturdays. And then I'll, I'll work close with our athletic trainers, making sure everyone's getting their treatments and making sure that we have a good plan to, to keep our, our long-term guys progressing and, and take advantage of this time as they're, out, they're not out on the field. We can keep hacking at that gap and, and making sure that their return to play is as smooth as possible. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Robo, like Coach Friend told us to explain, uh, Sunday is more or less your toughest workout of the week. For some of the guys coming off that Saturday game, what's your approach? You're going to motivate these guys and, and really try to get them to know that the, that Sunday workout is a real workout. I think it's important that um, we implement the culture of our program, which is toughness, throughout our in-season training. So to your point, on Sundays we do train hard, and we still train hard on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, now Tuesdays and Wednesdays training is more upper body focused, emphasis, but regardless of what day it is, when we're in this weight room, there is a standard and an expectation to go all out. Like Brandon said, we do velocity-based training to make sure that we're not overtraining and we're not overworking any of the guys that are sore or fatigued or whatever that may be from that game. But we still do get after it on Sunday. So we'll track the bar to make sure that we're not doing too much on the legs with box squatting or with hand clinging or something like that. But everything else about the program is we're still hitting some intensity and we're still hitting some volume. So we're making sure that uh, the guys are, 
are continuing to exert toughness throughout the season, whether or not they're tired, whether or not they're tight or fatigued. So I think the bulk of our training is based around toughness. It's got to be the, the whole toughness uh, philosophy. That's the approach you have to have in this game. I mean, Absolutely. you just can't show up and go through the motions during the season. You guys, I would think, you, you know, your approach is you want to be as strong as or maybe a little stronger toward the end of the season. Absolutely. We're still micro, like uh, Chris said, we're still microdosing strength, but we're doing it in the sense that's going to make sure that their game play is the priority because we want to play on Saturday. That's the emphasis at this point. But we still want to get stronger because after the season, we're going into another winter to develop and to get better for next season. So we still have next season in mind uh, while prioritizing Saturdays. So, yep. Uh, Scotty, if you could tell us a little bit about the frequencies three times a week for the in-season program. How is it broken up? Is it kind of a one day's more of upper approach and then less on the lower? Or how do you guys uh, really set that up? So the way we do it, Sundays is a little bit a little bit more lower focus, but we do have some uppers, so it is a total day. And then really the day two, Tuesday or Wednesday, is more upper body focused. So that's how we break it up. And then we have our developmental lifts as well throughout the week, which are total. Okay, and then the, when you talk about the developmental, you got the developmental guys, and they, they have a little different schedule yeah, as they far have, as they're lifting. They have a little bit different schedule. Coach Palazzetti gives us the autonomy to program for those guys. He trusts us and knows what the standard is, so that allows us to develop as well. So they're getting developed and we're getting developed. Same standard, but just a little bit more volume and training for those guys. Coach Friend, can you tell us a little bit about how you guys approach nutrition, how that influences your training and, and uh, the success that you guys have? Absolutely. Um, I think that was one of our biggest bullet points when we when Coach Palzetti took over in, in January was, was getting to the, the Big 12 standard on nutrition as far as resources, as far as bringing in performance dietitians. Michaela, uh, who, are, who is our football performance dietitian, has already hired a second uh, assistant to, to help with our, with our resources and um, to get more hands-on our athletes. But as far as nutrition goes, um, we, we try to provide as much as we possibly can for our, for our student athletes, whether it's a pre, pre-practice, pre-lift meal, and then we'll always have a post-practice or post-lift meal as, as well. So we have those two meals that are surrounded by our training, um, whether it's a practice or an actual lifting session, and then uh, and an optional breakfast usually um, for, for our guys. So really, if, if the guys want to take advantage of it, it's three meals a day that we can, we can provide for them. We have our fuel station, which has been enhanced uh, since January, since Michaela's got here, which has been awesome for our guys. And really... Um, as, as a strength staff, we really, really, really harp on hydration, and, and we take hydration body weights. I mean, we have you can't you can't walk down a hallway without there being a, a sweaty cooler uh, full of Gatorade water. Um, we make it mandatory for our guys to have bottles during meetings, um, bottles during film sessions. Um, they they we call it hit a Gatorade on the way off the field, so we make sure that hydration is uh, rehydration is is immediately post training or post practice. Um, to try to maintain those maximal performance potential body weights uh, for, for each individual guy. Um, I think Coach Robo does a great job. Uh, he's the liaison with Michaela, our performance nutrition. He does a great job on, on um, sitting down with her every day, going over pre and post body weights, making sure, hey, these are our high needs guys. These guys could use a, a high calorie smoothie afterwards. Hey, these are uh, guys that may be a little bit heavy, but this is X, Y, and Z, Y. 
Um, they may be heavy. Uh, so they do a great job of collaborating daily, um, sometimes multiple times a day uh, on those guys' body weights and, and their body compositions and hydration levels. I think those, those points are, are extremely important when you look at the, the performance umbrella. Okay, uh, Brandon Garcia, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you guys did as you approached the uh, the season. You guys are, the, the Cincinnati Bearcats are one of the few Division One programs that actually goes off campus to camp. And you guys uh, have to adapt to a, to a different uh, thing because you guys, the Bearcats, head out to uh, southeast Indiana, out in the, the country. There's rolling hills, there's farmland, there's, the thing is, there's, it's not a lot of uh, campfires and things like that, <laughs> and marshmallows, what's going on out there. What really, uh, how'd you guys set up? Because you guys have a hell of a facility here um, on campus for your football training. What's it like when you go in on the road and uh, set up a camp, really? Yeah, that was a uh, that was a great experience. I I loved it. I loved higher ground. Everything about it. Coach Fred, Coach Scotty, Coach uh, Robo, Coach Palzetti, and our operations staff. Everyone did a great job of coordinating and getting inventory. We started off with the program and then kind of worked backwards. So Coach Palzetti kind of ironed out the skeleton of the program. What are we going to need equipment wise? And then Coach Fred and Coach Robo did a hell of a job of just making sure we had everything that we need quantity wise. And then we kind of just took trips. It sucks because we're in the basement, so we got to do that that three-story climb and kind of get out to a loading dock and, and do multiple trips with pallet jacks and, and pallets. But it was it was great development. Uh, right. I was grouchy a lot of the times moving stuff, but it was uh, it was great, man. And, and then getting over there and unloading it, Higher Ground did a great job with welcoming us and, and getting forklift the machinery we needed to get all that equipment moved. There was some racks already down there. Um, Coach, Palazzetti, Coach Palazzetti and Coach Friend did a great job of just supplementing whatever racks we needed to make sure we have enough equipment to train everybody uh, when needed. So it, it was great, man. They We did, um, I think, about two truck, I think a truck and a half, maybe, the semi-truck and a half full of equipment. We took some machines from Modify Guys, uh, and then Coach Scotty and I did whatever runs we had to do to, to get, and Coach Robo, we did, you know, go get more plates, go get more uh, dumbbells, whatever we needed to get. Uh, but it was... Logistically, it was great. Flooring was already there, so that was probably the biggest headache. We just we just had to get tape and tape that down, and then kind of just build out uh, the room. Coach Friend and Coach Scotty did a great job measuring everything out, making sure we had enough space for dumbbell racks, squat racks. We wanted a good open layout, and uh, I think for first time, I think it was a great run. Um, we're actually gonna continue to meet on that and develop and, and get it better for next year. But it was a great time. It was all football, 24-7. I loved it. It was, it was a great experience. That's cool. Uh, Robo, let's pass it on over to Robo. Uh, so it's not all uh, fun and games when you when you roll out to camp higher ground. There's the behind-the-scenes stuff that, you know, everybody thinks it's great to be on the football sports performance staff, but there's a lot involved with getting uh, the show on the road. Absolutely. The semis. Absolutely. You guys load them up. Yeah, absolutely. Ourselves. <laughs> Lots of plates. Yeah. Pallets. What's that like? Um, honestly, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Um, now, when you're surrounded by a group of guys that love to work and take advantage of the opportunity to work and um, actually compete in working, it makes everything a little bit better. Um, so just as the team is out there and they're building relationships and we're setting a program and a foundation, we're doing the same thing as a staff because this is our first year working together. So there was a good time for us to, um, to you know, kind of build some camaraderie amongst ourselves and um, f figuring out some things that 
we have not seen in the past and working through some barriers and some challenges that we have not experienced yet, you know, uh, working with each other. So um, for us, it was it was just like the team. We were overcoming some some challenges. We were working together as a unit and um, and growing together development wise, mentally and physically. So um, it was a, it was a good opportunity for us to come together and get that and get that accomplished. Now, this is a, this is big time college football. You guys have uh, all the support staff and all of the things that you really need to make the show roll. What are some some of the tips you might offer for making a, an in-season program work at the high school level? How can you motivate these kids to really think about what, what they need to accomplish? That's a great question. I think the, the first and foremost, it would be to keep it simple. Keep it simple and keep your main thing the main thing. So you go throughout a, a off-season training program and it's very intense and it's a lot of volume and when you get into the season it should probably the same it should be the same skeleton it should be the same base of your program just less volume and less intensity at times i think the biggest thing is changing movements and incorporating different movements which will increase soreness or you know increase the, the physical response to the movement that you're doing. So the thing that we do is that we do really, really well. We keep our movements for the most part the same to limit soreness. And we just, and we change things like tempo and things like reps and sets and, and intensity to um, make sure that we're not overtraining or we're not um, creating more fatigue that they're already accumulating throughout practice but the biggest thing is we keep it simple you know we squat we roll we press we do some single leg movement but at the end of the day it's the same program that we ran in the summer it's just less volume and it's just less intensity i would encourage for anyone else that's training in season to keep the same movement that you did in the winter in the summer because the kids will know that that's something that they're familiar with they know how to do those and execute those movements properly so from there just manipulate your volume and your intensity so that you're not hurting the kids or creating more fatigue that they're already accumulating on the field Coach Friend, if you could tell us a little bit about program design and how you approach it. Would you suggest lifting after practice for a high school's, you know, strength and conditioning coach, you know, when, when they're guys, or should they lift before practice? Or What are some of your thoughts on that philosophy? I, I think it really depends on what you're trying to get out of the, the training session and or what the practice looks like. Um, I think if you if you have a really really hard practice, say on a Tuesday, that's your hardest practice, and at the high school level playing on Friday, which I imagine uh, many many schools are like that, uh, I wouldn't recommend going out and trying to do a power session afterwards in the weight room. I, th I think it's a collaboration between the, the the coaching staff and the whoever's running that sports performance piece of it to make sure that maybe hey we have more nervous a CNS specific day before one of our easier practices and maybe we do a after one of our tougher practices go post practice for more of a strength specific day. I think you need to build your training program around what the head coach's practice schedule is and, and, and not vice versa because at the end of the day the sport is the most important thing there and, and it's your job to kind of mitigate and minimize the, the amount of, of, of risk that you, you put these athletes in injury from an injury standpoint but also how can you maximize what that what that sport schedule is um, to help these athletes perform on the field. 
so my recommendation was just kind of build, build a framework based off of uh, the practice schedule. The, the more intense practice, uh, do more strength specific in the weight room where velocity and power isn't really uh, as necessary and then vice versa. You have a little, maybe a walkthrough, you do an activation is what we call it, an activation, high CNS uh, intensive uh, workout with some med ball throws, with some lower intensity, higher velocity Olympic movement, if that's that's your cup of tea in your program, or a speed squat, something along those lines. Scotty Etherington, uh, if you could tell us a little bit about some of the approaches that you guys use, and this would be a great tip for uh, those high school coaches and young uh, coaches and, and collegiate and pro everywhere. As far as the bands, you know, in the last five years, we've seen the bands really take on an important role with the training, and it's really a relatively inexpensive thing that you can add to your program. Can you tell us a little bit about how you guys use the bands here at Cincinnati? Yeah, the way we use the bands here at Cincinnati, we use them to supplement some of our main main movements, some of our auxiliaries. That's the main way that we use them here is just supplementing them in auxiliaries. Shoulders, scat work, anything like that. That's mostly what we use our, our bands for. Pull aparts. Pull aparts. And then you do all the hip. Uh, I saw you guys up down on the uh, practice field doing all the hip movements yeah, and things so, like that. So the black mini bands, what we do is we a little bit of activation, so a little hip activation, so your clamshells, your mm-hmm. hip up and outs, things like that. Guys, as we wrap up now, let's talk about game day. Two hours before kickoff, what's going on with the Bearcat uh, performance staff? What are you guys doing uh, as far as to get these players ready for the kickoff? So on game day, our one of our biggest things is hydration and uh, performance. It's, it's go time. All the work that we put in, it's time for it to show. So uh, really just make sure the guys are really well hydrated. So we're running around the hotel and getting guys down to hydrate and uh, maximize their performance with meals and things like that. Any recovery guys need will be around to assist them with that. Encouraging athletic training room or anything performance-wise. Brandon Garcia, you know, it's an hour before kickoff. What are you, What's your role? What are you guys doing? You're, you might be upstairs. You might be down on the field. There's a lot of prep going on. What's going on? Yes, what sir. So uh, Coach Robo and I have the uh, great – privilege of, of warming up two different flights so uh coach palazzetti coach friend and coach scotty are usually roaming around the walk the locker room walking around making sure guys are drinking um coach friends giving an amazing stretch to all of our our big time guys that that need it uh he's getting their hips loose his, their backs warmed up ready to go uh freaking attack the game and then coach robo and i are kind of tag teaming he'll take uh o-line d-line linebackers and returners, and, and they'll kind of hit, you know, in shorts and shirts, they'll hit their warm-up. While he's doing that, Coach Palzetti's getting the next group corralled and ready to go. This is about the uh, 76 mark, so about mm-hmm. an hour and 10 out. Um, and I'm kind of at the base of the locker room making sure everyone's good to go. He gives me the thumbs up. As Coach Robo's finishing up his warm-up, I'm taking his spot. He's getting these guys to break off into their groups and start hitting some pregame. You know, returners are catching punts. O-line, D-line are hitting some, some stance work. Linebackers are heading back up to go get ready. And then I start warming up the DBs, the receivers, uh, tight ends, stuff like that. So I'll, I'll hit the same dynamic with uh, shorts. We get about six minutes. It's really quick. And we do our meat and potatoes of the dynamic, not doing too much, just enough to get them to break a sweat, uh, get them on the ground a little bit, activate. And then we break them off into their individual drills with their position coaches. 
um, and then we're clearing the field at 55. So at 55, everyone's in the locker room. Uh, regardless, maybe the specialists hang out and they're still punting and hitting some field goals while they have the time. Um, and then we're getting ready to put on shoulder pads and, and take the field as a team to start doing our individual or scaly work, our one-on-ones with pads. Uh, so yeah, from so an hour out, I'm kind of just uh, controlling flow of the field and, and getting everybody back up to the locker room in time so we're not uh, getting like a bottleneck of everyone trying to get ready at the same time. So uh, Robo, as we as I looked at the Bearcats and uh, it didn't look like I tell you what, you guys had a pretty warm game there on Saturday. It was it's uh, it was approaching over 90. You get down field level. It's usually about eight to 10 degrees, even warmer. You have the crowd. Everything's getting crazy. Didn't appear that the uh, the Bearcats had a lot of uh, issues with cramping up and things like that. Looks like the opponents were kind of struggling with that heat here in uh, here in the Natty. Absolutely. So, like Chris said, the, the performance team we do a really good job at um at, at hydrating and making it a, a point of emphasis and a priority throughout the week, starting even Sunday. So we take body weights every day except for our off day. And with those body weights, we use that to gauge how hydrated and how ready you are for physical performance. So we're always communicating with the guys and, and, and creating dialogue to just make sure that they're prioritizing what they're doing throughout the week, whether it be eating, whether it be hydrating, whether it be any type of recovery modalities to make sure that they're feeling good on Saturday, but we start that on Sunday. And then like guys have already stated, the night before Friday in the hotel and that Saturday morning in the hotel, we're really driving hydrating, we're, we're, we're really driving um, eating, and we're really driving recovery, resting, napping, stretching, whatever you need, athletic training room to make sure you're, you're ready to go. So I think it's just an all hands on deck approach to make sure that when we do get into those hot situations or you know, tougher games where it might go into an overtime, we're prepared and we're ready physically to, to meet those demands. So it's definitely a team effort, but we, we prioritize that and we communicate to the team so they understand that as well. Well, guys, I know you guys have uh, a lot of things to do. I could sit here and talk strength training with you guys all day. Uh, we, I, I think we could really go on and on forever. But I think we uh, covered a lot with the in-season in uh, type training and those aspects and how you guys prepare for it. I'm going to have to come back. You know, we're going to have to do this again as long as you guys can take it. Uh, in the process, you know, it gives me a chance to sneak a couple of reps and sets in on some of the equipment you got down here. But uh, i gotta, I got to stay ready for the games, too. You guys are getting ready for the Pitt Panthers. Big thank you and a shout-out to the uh, assistant strength staff here at uh, the Cincinnati Bearcat football squad. Uh, really appreciate you guys taking some time out of, out of your day. I appreciate it, Ed, man. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity and the experience. Definitely been uh beneficial and, 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 and a lot of fun. I think you said best, Ed. We got to do it again. That was great. I uh, hope everybody, all the listeners, all the, all the you know, everybody out there uh, following ASAP um, takes, a, takes a little nugget from this podcast. But we'll be back. We appreciate it, Ed. Sounds great. Yeah, Ed, I, I really appreciate it. Um, just fun fact, since I've gotten in the profession, ASAP's been, I've, I'll look up strength coach ASAP, and you always have video on everybody, so since 2017, 2018, I've been looking at all your old footage, and it's an amazing resource, and I appreciate all you do. It's it's awesome for the field, so, so thank you. Appreciate it. Scotty, one more thing, man. Thank you, Ed. We appreciate you, and thank you everything you do for the profession. Uh, just to go off what Coach Garcia said, you do a lot for the profession and for young strength coaches, so we appreciate you and all you do for us. So thank you. ASAP, Athletic Strength and Power. Thanks for joining us today, guys. This Athletic Strength and Power podcast 
with the University of Cincinnati football performance staff is sponsored by TRX Suspension Training, the finest suspension training equipment available for athletics. Check out Tim Bork. You can access all his information on the Athletic Strength and Power website. And from there, you can give him a call or an email, and he'll get you right with your suspension training program. TRX Suspension Training. This podcast is also sponsored by the Bill Jacobs Power Company. He's waiting on your call. He likes to talk. He likes to talk to coaches. He's a former coach himself. Give him a call. Coach Jake's waiting for you. He'll help you get your facility right from the ground up. Check out his website at coachbilljacobs.com.